AM 790 Talk and Business presents Water Fire Ignites Rhode Island with your host, Bronwyn Dannenfelser. Join Bronwyn to hear about the next Water Fire event in downtown Providence, plus other great cultural events happening in the community. Now, here's your host, Bronwyn Dannenfelser. Well, hello, 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 everyone, and happy Thursday. Another happy, hot, hot, hot Thursday. But I think what, what I'm sensing is that by the end of the week, when we hit that August 20th water fire that's coming up, it's going to be absolutely gorgeous. I'm hearing 84 degrees, maybe a little bit of cloud cover, so you're not out there in the beating sun. Um, and then in the evening, dropping down to a nice, beautiful upper 60s, which I can't imagine a better time to be strolling along the fires and checking out all of the crazy and interesting and fun things that we have happening on August 20th. So, you know, we've got Fidelity Investments is one of our sponsors. And for years now, I think we're going on maybe our 12th year and gosh, could be even more than that. We do origami um, crane folding and they have all of their volunteers uh, and their employees actually even before the event at Fidelity that are volunteering to fold these origami cranes. Um, And if you know the history of the origami crane, it is that a young girl in Japan who was sick started folding these little cranes and um, the whole idea around it was if you folded a thousand then you would get your wish so you know it's peace it's fidelity so what a great match for fidelity they've been doing it for ages so you can bring the family down Um, you'll see some origami cranes flying off the front of some of our boats you'll see them in electric blue and they're really beautiful but you can also again go to memorial park bring your kids bring yourself even if you're not a kid learn how to fold an origami crane i've tried now for the last 10 years to get it right and it's just not my cup of tea and I don't know if it's because I'm a redhead and I don't have a lot of patience or I I don't know if my fingers just don't work that way but whatever it is go down and try it out it is a lot of fun and on top of that we've got a lot of other things happening Um, and I'll go into those in a little bit because we've got a capoeira batizado which is a baptism by fire for a capoeira fans where they fly in all of their masters from around the world and that's going to be happening on the basin stage and their performances are just it's crazy it is a mixture of martial arts and martial arts and i would say dancing and it's it's such an uh, amazing thing i don't know how these guys do it because it's not completely choreographed so you know you're seeing them throw kicks in the air and they're ducking just in time and not getting knocked out and you know it's it's really a, an amazing um Spectacle to watch. So that's going to be happening coming up on August 20th. Clear currents will be happening. Yep, that. You know what that is, clear currents. That's those beautiful Japanese koi fish that are illuminated, that are placed in kayaks and canoes, celebrating our clean water initiatives here in Rhode Island. And we have the public that comes and paddles through the fire. And so you see these beautiful fires and then these colorful fish just kind of making their way down the river in a nice, happy, and peaceful way. Um, so there's that. But then even more than that, there is National Grid on site. We look forward to this every year. One, National Grid is on site at every water fire, and I love them because what they've done over the past few years, they helped us solve that problem. And it was a big problem I had where my phone would run out of a battery in the middle of water fire. I could then not take pictures um, of, you know, people who I wanted to take pictures with while I was at water fire. Couldn't take pictures of 
anything at Waterfire, and then I could never connect with my friends. So at National Grid did, as we talked about it, and they said, you know, let's solve the problem. And what they've done is they've got those beautiful charging stations. So when you're down at Waterfire and you're going, uh-oh, my battery's just gone because I took too many pictures and I can't connect with Mom and Dad who are somewhere else or get in touch with my friends, go to the National Grid charging stations. And uh, that's something that they've had at every single fire, and we're very grateful for that. But this is also their big weekend where they are on site and they're going to have a whole bevy of activities uh, that the public can come and see, get some information, learn. There's interactive activities. And that's why I am so excited to introduce my two first guests who I have with me from National Grid. Um, it's not one of them's first time on the show, and that's my friend Marissa Albanese, who is the manager at Community and Customer Management in Rhode Island. Hello. Hi, Bronwyn. It's good to be here again. I know. I feel like it was just yesterday that we were Feels sitting like in. It. I know. It's because time's flying, too, yeah, it's quickly. it's hard to believe it was last summer. I know. And then we've also got Tim Rondo, who is uh, the community coordinator and with yeah. National Grid. Well, hello and welcome. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Anytime. You know, always great to see a new face and you get to meet somebody new. And the thing that I wanted to talk about um, is... One, we're psyched to have you back down on site on Saturday because there's so much good information that you put out when, on, and this will all be on the Washington Street Bridge. But, Marissa, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, we're really happy to be back. We'll have our tent on the Washington Street Bridge, and uh, we'll have plenty of information about energy efficiency. Uh, Bronwyn wanted me to remind all of you, you've probably heard it on this radio station and others as well, to uh, turn down your air conditioners to about 78 degrees, which seems to be a little warm, but believe it or not, if you do that during the day, you can save a lot of energy and it will still take the humidity out of your home before you get home from work or school or wherever you are during the day. And then you can um, lower the temperature at, at night to a, an amount that you're comfortable with. But, you know, try to save energy during the day and to close. The other thing you can do is to uh, close blinds and, and shades. That will keep it cool in your home as well. Um, yeah, and the, the interesting thing that I heard is not only are people saving energy, and this is what I'm very grateful for because I got a phone message telling me yes. from, from National Grid, which I thought was what beautiful customer service, telling me to change my thermostat and change what I was doing with the air conditioner to 78 degrees. And what I learned was that there's that difference between if you've got it at 75 mm -hmm. or 74, the amount of money, yes. the difference of what you're paying. Um, between that and keeping it at 78, it's it's pretty large. I Absolutely. mean, it, it's not just a little amount. So, you know, it's a way to, one, again, save energy, keep, uh, you know, everything moving along smoothly, and but also to save some money. And, you know, you know, that's what I thought was really brilliant is that National Grid's reaching out to our community, letting people know exactly the best things to do in order to be more efficient. So those home efficiency reports, does anybody want to <coughs> talk about those? Because I know you're going to have something on site, right, that, that people can Sure. Get. Yes. Um, so we will have um, our energy audit, National Grid's energy audit, um, will be um, will allow customers to fill out um, request forms to have uh, folks from us and RISE come over to um, do energy audits of anyone's home. They can tell you where you're losing energy, ways to insulate uh, better, um, just a whole array of um, different energy-saving tips they'll provide. Um, 
And now's the time to do it, right? Now's because the time. right before we head into winter, and it is. Yeah, and I, you know, I was, um, I was asking. I think it was David Graves uh, last time that I was talking to somebody from National Grid. I was like, is there a long waiting list for that? Um, is it something that's really difficult um, to kind of get scheduled? And I, he was saying that no, not no. No, there's not usually a long waiting list. You can call Rise directly. Uh, or you can uh, stop by at our booth and fill out a postcard and it will mail it in for you and they'll schedule an appointment. It really, it takes, as I tell uh, friends of mine who have it done, it takes about an hour to an hour and a half of your time. And all you have to do is give the folks from RISE access to look at things in your home. They'll look at windows, they'll look at all your lighting, what kind of appliances you have, what kind of insulation you have. And at the very least, even if you don't go forward with any of the measures that they recommend, you will walk away with um, free installed, which is the best part, installed LED light bulbs, oh, wow. um, a controllable power strip. And so if you've been waiting to change out some light bulbs and you don't feel like getting on a ladder, call, <laughs> call, call, and, have, you know, call and have an assessment done. And then uh, what a lot of people don't realize is the energy efficiency charge on your bill covers all of these programs. So you've already paid into the fund. You might as well take advantage of it, have an assessment done. And if you decide to move forward with the work, there are all sorts of incentives that apply to customers. That is that that's great to know. I did not know that you would go in and help change that all the light bulbs. Oh, yeah. And that's not only well because I'm the one with the bad at home efficiency report. And I, again, I was <laughs> yeah. even going to bring it today, and because it was like you. Your neighbors, your efficient neighbors, and I was going to tell you between the three different levels, mine was. You don't n- get any of the smiley faces. No, I no no. I was number sixty out of, number sixty eight out of the one hundred people in my area, and I was like, oh, this is bad. So I talked about it before, but you know, again, now is the time to do that. So if people stop by on Washington Street, they can get more information about that. But then there's also fun things. Don't you have a photo booth? We, we will. We'll have our photo booth there. So uh, if you have kids or if you've always wanted to take a photo in one of our hard hats and vests, swing by. Um, you'll be able to do that. Um, we also have some energy savings information for children, which is really great because I think that's the age, you know, uh, kids in elementary and middle school, that's when you really capture their attention. Mm-hmm. So we'll have coloring books. We have... Um, Tim's favorite, which is an energy efficiency wheel. What is that? So the energy efficiency wheel, which I hawk at all of our events, <laughs> um, is is basically it'll just you'll spin it and it'll tell you different ways not only to save on energy, save your energy in the home, but just different ways to be more green in your daily life. Yeah. And it's great to it's a great just tool to have on hand if you're looking for ways to save. Um, and it's it's pretty informative actually. I, I enjoy it. Well, again, I think information is key because I, I keep learning different things, and it's wonderful to see National Grid being really proactive in everything that you're doing and trying to get people in the community one involved and understanding how they can make their lives easier, make everybody's lives e- easier, and move towards that whole green status, which, you know, and, and shift over from some of the older practices, which were not so energy efficient, that, you know, we've been living with for the, gosh, Until recently, right? And, you know, some of our displays, they're really interactive, so it gives you a good visual understanding of what you do. We have a hand crank that actually um, is a visual representation of how hard you have to create energy to to turn on different, at this this point it's light bulbs, but to power something. Yeah. So you have to... You have to crank that quite a while to get an incandescent bulb to turn on. How long on, does it take, Marissa, in, to uh, crank that? <laughs> enough on to how, break a sweat. For yeah, sure. <laughs> enough to break a sweat. We had, um, 
there are actually uh, places that have bicycles too where you can try that. I'm not sure if we'll have our bike with us. Yeah, I don't think we. I, I know we've had it in the past, yeah. but I think that's okay because if it if it's hot, we're like we're just in the beginning of the night. Right. I don't think anybody's gonna want to no. be you know cranking it out. <laughs> we also have um we have uh these bookmarks which are actually my favorite item that we sell um uh, that we give out and they're um they're seedlings in the shape of Rhode Island and mm-hmm. they're attached to a bookmark so you use the bookmark for whatever you need to use it for your book your magazine whatever. And then the seedlings in the shape of Rhode Island can be planted in the ground, and they'll wildflowers. What a great idea. Wonderful. We'll have many of them, so stop by for at least that. Oh, that's a fantastic idea. I love that. So, you know, we're talking right now about water fire and what you do with water fire for the community. Um, But i got to tell you, the National Grid, the National Grid family here in Rhode Island does a real lot just in terms of giving back the entire community as a whole. So what are some of the programs that you have out there that you're supporting and that you'd like to kind of highlight? Sure. Well, you know, we always try to sponsor things that either the community can take uh, part in for free or at a reduced cost. And so... We, we're proud to sponsor Water Fire. We have sponsored Movies in the Park um, put on by the Central Rhode Island Chamber. That's also a free event for families. And wh- uh, which park is that in? It's at Rocky Point Park, which is actually great. Yeah. You know, the same way that Water Fire brings so many people into Providence for, you know, to see the river, and they may not have even been there before. It brings people out to Rocky Point, which is a pretty spectacular site, and families come and have picnics. Um, what's really wonderful about that one is through... Uh, Christine Harkin and her organization, we're able to uh, not only show movies, but we have closed caption for the deaf and hard of hearing, and we actually have people doing sign language interpretation during the night as announcements are being made. So nice. it's a really great family event. And we we uh, sponsor some movies in Newport as well. And then we're really proud of our school sponsorships that we try to focus on um, areas where we have our our main offices in Rhode Island. So we have yes. a lot of satellite offices, and uh, we sponsor uh, the Lima School in in Providence. At, um, also, Lillian uh, Feinstein School at Sackett Street and yeah. Gilbert Stewart Middle School. And we've got a partnership in North Kingstown with Davisville Middle School and in Newport at the Pell School. So wherever we have a site, we try to make sure our employees have time to get involved. So you've you've got a great volunteer corps um, at do. National Grid. Yeah, Tim Tim actually leads our volunteer group. Nice. Yeah. So um, we have a volunteer council that I, I started um, maybe a year and a half ago, and it just basically takes leads from all of those um, sites that Marisa had just mentioned, um, people who have been, you know, historically helpful in, in volunteering in the past, and, and we're able to disseminate information on different projects that we have going on, and so they feed it up to me, and you know, I can give the information to them on what we may need and, you know, as far as holiday giving programs. Yeah. Um, Earth Day, we do a, a major event um, at National Grid every every April for Earth Day. Um, and then different, as Marisa, Marisa had mentioned, different school projects that we, um, projects that we have going on with uh, the schools that we uh, tend to sponsor. So it's, um, it's a good, it's a good focused way of looking at um, how we want to affect our community positively. Well, yeah, and again, and, and it's so it's more than just giving money. It's actually people getting involved in the communities around them, and that's such an important part of anything. I mean, I look at what we have at Water Fire and the amount of volunteers it takes just to do a single event. So volunteerism and people getting involved and feeling like they're part of something, it, it just, it, it's, 
it's like the cherry uh, yeah. on the top of the Sunday. We, we actually we're we're pretty excited because our employees are really involved in the community around them. Most of um, our folks live and work right in Rhode Island. Um, who, you know who support the Rhode Island area and. You know, they get involved with everything. For the, for the water fire event, we pretty much sell out before we even announce it. They are on yeah. the website, and they know when our sponsorship nights are taking place. Um, you know, we also do the Veterans Water Night in November, and I've yeah. got people signed up for that already. So, you know, we have a consistent group of employees that, that uh, volunteer nonstop, I would say. And then, you yeah. know, we've, we're able to bring in groups from that support Rhode Island who, who might live in Massachusetts and they come and come down and volunteer as well. So yeah, we're pretty I, lucky. Against, we're never stuck for volunteers ever. So. Well, and you know, we need a lot, especially for that, um, for that November salute to veterans yes. water fire. And I know that Tim, yes. uh, is, is he considered the president? Yeah, or Tim Horan's the president in Rhode Island. Um, but he has a military background and you know, it's so important when we come and we look at, you know, you hire a lot of uh, military. We do. And which is thank you very much. That's really important for people coming back to be able to have that opportunity. Um, and we just really look forward to seeing you on Saturday and seeing everything that you're doing. And again, thank you for everything that you do in our community. It makes such a difference. And uh, it's really important. Any closing words? Nope. Stop by to visit our booth if you want to learn more about National Grid and some of the things that we are working on right now. Yeah. And uh, if you have any any questions, visit our website at nationalgrid.com. All right. Thank you, everyone. You are listening to AM790, your station for talk and business. We're going to take a quick break, and then we are going to be coming back. Uh, so we will talk to you soon. Hello, 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 and welcome back. You are listening to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island here on AM790, your station for talk and business. And just a reminder, well, one, we just had a wonderful conversation with National Grid um, just about their community involvement, but they're going to be a Waterfire this weekend, everybody, and with great energy-saving tips, fun interactive displays, and just so everyone knows, this show is underwritten by National Grid, so thank them uh, and if you see them, they have uh, really helped us to bring not only water fire um, out to you, the listeners, but also other wonderful things happening in Rhode Island, on not only on water fire nights, but just happening in general. And one of the things that I'm very excited about is August 20th is not only, I will repeat, a very, very large, incredible uh, water fire that is going to be filled with all sorts of fun things. Fidelity Investments, one of our sponsors, again, doing origami crane folding. But you can go down and you can learn how to do that. There'll be a memorial park and you can stop at that tent. Um, There's always the Arts Festival Plaza that's happening. That starts at 6 o'clock and that's on Washington Street. And it's just incredible. All local artisans in a place where you can go shopping before the fires are lit. And then again, we've got the Capoeira Batizado, um, which if you don't know about Capoeira, it is an incredible 
It's a, it's an art form. It's a mix between martial arts and what I would call dance and ballet. And they were uh, their batizado is when they are bringing in all of their meisters and their maestros and their their head people from all around the nation. Um, and they're kind of actually it's a, they're bringing a step up and a celebration. And it's almost like um, a passage from one level to another. And that's going to be on the basin stage starting at 6:30. So again, when you look at what's happening at Waterfire, remember to go down a little bit early and check out these really wonderful things before the fires are lit. And then when the fires are lit, there's still more wonderful things to see. You can check all of this out on the Waterfire website. If you just go to the Waterfire website, press schedule. And then if you check on the schedule, um, click on that, it will give you a rundown of all of the wonderful things happening. But as I said, this show is more um, than just about water fire. It is about the incredible work being done by people in our community to make our community a better place to live uh, and work and play, I would say. So that being said, on August 20th, you can come down to Waterfire, and there's stuff that's happening even before Waterfire, and I believe throughout the evening. And we'll be talking to some really um, fantastic gentlemen who have actually put together, uh, and I'm missing one of them because I know one of them is named Kobe, um, but two fantastic ge- gentlemen that have put together the Rhode Island Midnight Basketball League, and they have got an all-star weekend coming up, which is just a lot of fun. So I've got my great friend, uh, and colleague, uh, Sean Holly here. Hello, Sean. Hello, Brawin. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Right. Anytime with you is a great time. Oh, nice. Thank you, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> and then I've got Alan Williams. Alan, so good to see you again. I think the last time I saw you was last year at Waterfire. Yes, it was. So good to see you as well, Brawin. And um, I love your summer dress. Oh, <laughs> thank you very much. You're I'm going to have you guys on more often. This is really good. <laughs> well, you know, guys, let's talk a little bit before we go into you know what's happening on the 20th and on the 21st let's give a little bit of a background here because again i know that you have started up the rhode island midnight basketball league and mm-hmm. it's also sometimes referred to as the providence midnight basketball league or are those two well, separate things it's actually uh well, many years ago there was a, a league called the providence midnight basketball league last year it was revived still as the providence midnight basketball league um, Kobe Dennis and uh, Mayor Lorza got together to resurrect the league, get mm-hmm. it back going. Uh, the league was extremely successful last year. We played, uh, what is it, about three, four uh, venues throughout the yep, city. Four venues. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, due to the demand from across the state, we've uh, spread it out so that now it's the Rhode Island Midnight Basketball League, uh, and we play in uh Providence, we play in East Providence, Central Falls, Pawtucket, North Providence, North Kingstown. Uh, we also have a women's division in Providence. And as I mentioned, in Providence, there's uh, two sites that we play at as well. So for people who don't know, because you say Midnight Basketball League, and I'm thinking about Midnight and a bunch of people out there <laughs> on a basketball court. Um, well, why well, why was it created or why did you revive this? That, that It used to, uh, when it first started, Many of the games were uh, played around midnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't play that late now. Uh, although last, yeah, last year, year we did. last year we, uh, the organizers, the uh, the volunteers, those that helped out with uh, the staff and all for each of the venues, we didn't leave a court until like 12.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, each night. The games are on Tuesdays and Thursday nights. 
the the premise of having the league is to give um, the youth throughout the community uh, an opportunity to uh, uh, be together in a constructive manner. Uh, it allows the community to come out to watch. Um, we our our tagline it's it's more than basketball. So uh, there's right. a lot that goes involved that's wrapped around the foundation of it being a basketball game. Yeah, you know, and I think about that, and and you know, Alan. I ask you what your thoughts are on this, but I was thinking about it in terms of another vehicle and another avenue. You know, we use the arts to help people and to move people along and give them an alternative of different things to do rather than being out on the streets at night and, Mm -hmm. you know, again, something constructive. Have you seen that happening and kind of changing lives in the past two years since this has been brought back into? Absolutely. We also use the league um, for uh, law enforcement recruitment. Um, we do um, scenarios where there's health disparities in neighborhoods, so we address that uh, through the league. Um, voter registration. Voter registration. Um, so uh, different things of that nature, but more so than anything else, it's bringing families together. Um, and uh, the league does that very, very well. People come out. Um, one of the main things that I noticed last year and this year, um, it may sound minor, but just for the fact of profanity. So you have a lot of young guys. I mean, they do it in the NBA as well. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the things is that you have these young guys, and they're playing basketball. They're very competitive. And it gets it gets super competitive, which is understandable. And some guys may use profanity. But what we found is that with the Midnight Basketball League, if a guy actually uses profanity, he'll get a tech. But prior, before him even receiving that technical, yeah. he'll actually apologize because for the fact that they know wow. that there are kids out there, there's family members. And again, it's just competitive basketball. Um, so just for that one function right yeah. there, I think that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I think I better go start playing some basketball. <laughs> <laughs> yes. right. a, a lot of people felt that the league was established to deter crime. Um, that's not what it's about. It's it's not th- about that. However, there has been a, a a correlation where on Tuesdays and Thursday nights, while these games are going on, there has been a drop in the crime rate Correct. as so well throughout the the area. It's just it's a, it's a positive effect that's coming out of what you're Absolutely. doing. Absolutely, right. And and actually, um, police departments have mentioned that to us um, personally. Well, you know, Sean and I. I don't know if you're, you're aware of this. Um, Alan, but Sean and I recently graduated from the first <laughs> Citizens Police Academy, yes, right, which, yes. again, to me was very eye-opening and mm-hmm. working with the Providence Police and seeing, again, trying to make that connection, which it sounds like you're doing, between law enforcement mm-hmm. and our communities and the individuals in the communities right, and getting the yes. police out of the cars more and actually onto the streets and, and speaking with the people in their community that mm-hmm. they're... Um, patrolling and creating friendships and bonds. Um, yeah, and, and the police or uh, law enforcement for each well last year was just Providence, but last this year each of the cities had uh, the municipalities have the their local uh, police of, um, department out there at games. Yeah. State troopers have been partners with us uh, throughout and they are from the beginning, uh, correct. They're they're very uh, present at our mm-hmm. each of the uh, venues throughout all of the uh, venues. Mm-hmm. Um but they're there not to police or, or to no, make people have feel fun, right? Pump, to make pump. a connection. Absolutely. Right. And, and they they interact with us. A perfect example, the other night at uh, Davis Park where um, there was a little bit of a hiccup where the lights weren't on in time to start the games. Yeah. So there was three uh, state troopers there who took the initiative to go over and get their cars. And turn the headlights on? Absolutely, and turn the headlights on. It was amazing. uh, The guys could at least warm up and have some some light there to be able to uh, at least warm up 
to get ready for the game. Right. Yeah, and again, I think the thing that I see that is, is so beautiful to me is that this is for fun and that it's a right. it's a way for people to communicate who might not normally think of communicating. Correct. True. Before getting you know to be in this environment yes. together. Um, so exponentially, it sounds like you've grown since last year. Very much so, yeah. And yeah. do we perceive that trajectory to be? Oh, absolutely. You know, just keep on moving on up. Yeah, well, we have other cities that have already uh, spoken out and, and made it clear that they would like to be involved and have their cities uh, involved in this too as well. So we definitely see ourselves growing. We want to grow right. in a manner that we can handle in a manner that's uh, productive. Yeah, it's actually um, funny that um, I had a story with Mayor um, Jorge Lozer, uh two weeks ago. And um, we were talking about the league growing. And I said, yeah, Mayor. I said, next year we're probably going to have 10 leagues. He's like, no, Alan, why not 20? So we had a good <laughs> laugh about that. But um, that just shows that the league has definitely taken off. It's a positive entity and it's a positive force. So uh, we're very we're very appreciative of that. And it creates some bragging rights among cities, although there are some guys that play in cities that they may not necessarily live in. Um, but it does give some sort of bragging rights between Providence and East Providence, Providence and Central Falls and, and so on. So is there a personal connection that you have to this? And were you, either of you, when you were growing up, or basketball really kind of changed mm -hmm. your life and it helped keep you on the right track? Or? Well, I would say for myself, um, definitely I was a basketball fan, not much of a great player. Sean says he's a, he was a great player, but I didn't. I haven't, I haven't seen him play. <laughs> no, I was waiting for you to say that you're a great player. <laughs> no, no, no. I used to be able to dunk a long time ago. Um but for me, being a um, community activist, um, I'm actually the president of a 300 men organization, which is a youth-based organization, okay. which uh, addresses the needs and concerns of youth, their families, and the communities at large. So um, having this opportunity to be a part of the Midnight Basketball League from an executive position, position and then Sean and I last year were actually site coordinators, um, it's just brought me closer to the community mm -hmm. as such. So, and, and then being an infused Rhode Islander, because I'm initially from Boston, um, it's, it helps, it has helped me to build relationships even greater. Um, and with the younger crowd as well. So that, it's been a great blessing for me. Look, i got to ask you, so this, yes. the 300 Men Organization, yes. is that what it's called? It is. All right, well, can you so, tell me a little so bit more about So the 300 Men Organization is a mentoring group, mm -hmm. um, and we address, again, all the needs of youth um, from um, economic resourcing, educational resourcing, uh, mentoring, again, that's our, our, our base. Um, and one of the most important things as well is teaching nonviolent conflict resolution. Yeah. Um, and so, um, yes, the uh, 300 Men Organization, they have organizations in Baltimore, D.C., New York. Uh, the uh, Rhode Island chapter has been in effect for about two years. Okay. Uh, so we work in all the different schools and um, we just address all the needs. So. That's amazing. So if somebody yes. wants to find out more information about mm -hmm. that, because yeah. I, I didn't even know about that. How, oh. how could we let somebody... Yes, yeah, so uh, you can go to the website, mm -hmm. which is um, www.300menri.com, um, and we're also on Facebook. Just uh, tag in 300 men. And so it'll pop 300 men. men. Yeah, yes. that, that sounds really interesting. I, yeah, I'd it's like a great, to great organization. They do a lot of good work, and they're very involved uh, throughout the whole community. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to. I'm going to research that some more, and I'd like to have Please you back do. to talk about Absolutely. that and maybe bring some of the the kids that you're working with oh, or the people sure. that you're working yes, with. That could that be, would be great. A we, lot we of fun. We would appreciate that. Thank you. Now let's talk about what's going on on 
the 20th and the 21st. This is big. Well, well first, you didn't ask me if I was a former basketball player or something <laughs> oh, like that. Well, I, I just heard you. Hey, I'm, I'm a former athlete myself, but. You but, are? <laughs> she said you are. <laughs> you are? I still consider myself athletic, yeah. believe yeah, he, it or not. But, um, you still really shooting those hoops really well? <laughs> but. <laughs> but actually, you're aren't you playing on Sunday, Sean? That's what you've been telling yeah, me. Are you're you playing, playing on Sunday. That's that's we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Could be uh-huh. a special added addition. All right, Alan. I don't think he's committing <laughs> here. Yeah, he's there's not a yeah. strong. Well, commitment. I'm jealous. Alan, the one-on-one, but yeah. he's back down. He's afraid. No, of, he's no, afraid no, to play. No, no. But uh, we're gonna be we're gonna be doing a lot of work on Sunday. We may not have time. To play. <laughs> but actually, our direct correlation to the league. You you mentioned uh, whether it was because of playing basketball, but I, I think it's more so because of our interest in the youth. It's because of our interest in communities and and our interest in. Um, and the whole projection of it's bigger than basketball because that's something we really want the the youth and well when I say youth it, this guy's playing in the league what 18, 18 to, to there's 50. a couple of 60 yeah. year olds playing right. in the league too that actually played in an original midnight basketball league How and cool they're is still that? playing and it's still very uh, very competitive very, very competitive absolutely um, but uh, th- we we try to make the the youth and and those that need some guidance understand that there's uh, a lot more that you could be doing to be involved, whether it's uh, being a volunteer, whether it's uh, getting on board, helping to, to be a, an executive of this league or, or anything yeah. sports related. But there's it's much more to life than just sitting around and uh, doing nothing. You could you can um, be um, be proactive and be be involved. Have you always been interested in helping youth? And because I know you're a teacher as well, I know that you are yeah. a, profe- or a professor rather at Johnson and Wales. Mm-hmm. Um, but has this always been a passion of yours, uh, working with youth? It, it's it's interesting. I didn't realize that, but through everything that I have done in my life, from being a sports and entertainment attorney, which goes towards uh, helping guide a, a younger individual through their uh, playing career as well as uh, um, as well as through uh, you know after their playing career um, and things that I've done elsewhere with the teaching I've all I've learned that I've always been doing some sort of teaching um, although I've only started being a, a professor officially the past few years. But it sounds like you've been a mentor in many ways. In some um, regard, absolutely. In yes. some regard, because I know that you're involved with so many organizations, including Waterfire. You're most on our imp- most important. You're on Water our board Fire, of yes. directors, um, but you're everywhere. I mean, that's Sean is everywhere. Sean is everywhere, <laughs> and you know, I turn around, I look at his Facebook page, I'm like, how do you get from one place to another yes. in an hour? Yeah. And there's another selfie. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, yeah. We don't, we, we don't, Brian, we don't know how he does it either. Well, well, stay tuned. There's gonna be some selfies here too. <laughs> Well, I think what you're doing is great. We're going to have to take a quick break. Then when we come back, let's talk about what's happening at the Alex Anani Center and what, what, how we good. can get people involved. Yes. Um, everyone, you are listening to AM790, your station for talk and business. You're listening to Bronwyn Dannenfelser. We're talking all about the Midnight Basketball League and the All-Star Game Weekend. So uh, don't turn the dial. Uh, we'll be back in a second. And hello, 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 and welcome back. You are listening to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island, and I'm having a great time with my friends from the Rhode Island Midnight Basketball League here, my friend Sean Holly 
and Alan Williams talking about the incredible work uh, that they're doing with the Rhode Island Midnight Basketball League, but also that there is a really wonderful weekend coming up. So there's a water fire on Saturday, but there's also on Saturday kicks off their All-Star Weekend. Uh, so, gentlemen, what's happening on Saturday and then what's happening on Sunday? Let's start with Saturday. Right. Well, first of all, it's pretty exciting that Rhode Island's two hottest brands are going to be involved this weekend with Water Fire mm-hmm. as well as the Rhode Island Midnight Basketball League. Yes, indeed. Yeah, and uh, So Saturday, the game start at 1 o'clock out at Alex Anani uh, Skating Rink, the city center. Yeah. We're playing outdoors. We're actually going to create a basketball court out there, play outdoors. Uh, it's free to the public. There's three games where some of the cities, all of the cities will play against each other. Mm-hmm. There's three games. Uh, at 4 o'clock on Saturday, there's a dunk contest, which you've been invited to be a, a judge for, probably. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah? We'll, we'll see if you, are, are you we'll serious? We'll see if you show up. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll show up. How, lo- how long do I have to be there for? Uh, just at 4 o'clock. Uh, four o'clock. It shouldn't be in about half an hour or so. Yeah, yeah I want to judge. Okay, you're okay. in. You're in. Right. After that, we're going to have a, a day party at the Coliseum at 530. Okay. Um, and then Sunday, we have our big day at the uh, at the Dunkin' Donuts Center uh, that starts at uh, with games in the morning. Uh, Rhode Island High School players, we, Providence High School players, we're playing against each other. There's a handful of games all day. Uh, there's a three-point contest. There's also uh, the highlight of the Providence versus um, Boston game. Yes. Oh, That's really? Yes. So, aha. Uh-huh. So there's a friend of mine who actually has um, the, the name of his team is the BG mm-hmm. uh, Basketball Squad, and they're like the premier squad of Boston, the whole of Boston. Wow. Um, so they're actually coming out here to uh, get their bragging rights against Providence. Uh, <laughs> they but they told, hope. They hope. Yeah, yeah. And I told them, even though I'm a Bostonian, I'm an infused Rhode Islander now. So I, I said, hey, say there's going to be a lot, of, mm-hmm. lot of, <laughs> a lot of talent out here. Yeah, be right. careful about which team you're rooting on there, buddy. I am. I am. <laughs> <laughs> and, and at 6 o'clock, we have, uh, at the dunk, we have um, a community slash law enforcement game where Community leaders uh, playing along with law enforcement uh, will play for about half an hour or so, have a good time out on a. Are we going to see Chief Clements playing? Uh, possibly. Stay yeah. tuned. The Colonel's oh, playing. Yeah, we're going to have to put that out there. Colonel O'Donnell's playing. Sean, All gonna, right. Uh, the state troopers. We're going right. to have to reach out to um, uh, Colonel Clements. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh-oh, sorry, Hugh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm going to text him now. And <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds great because now people can come down. You know, I was saying that people should come down to Water Fire earlier. Um, yes. when things start at 6, but now they can come down and spend a whole day with the family. Please and, do. You know, Absolutely. they can come to the basketball game, right. see what you're doing, um, right. get some information, have some fun, and yes. then roll right There's into food, the evening. Food, food, beverages, beverages out there, yes. adult beverages will be there too as well. It'll right. be a, a great time to lead up to the water fire. Yeah, something to do. And, you know, again, you've got the food trucks. Will you have food trucks there or just? Yeah, there'll be food trucks. Um, and then we also have, as Sean mentioned, um, Anthony Santori, the owner of the Coliseum Nightclub, He's actually going to have a complete bar set up okay. um, down there as well. So there will be adult beverages um, and then water and juice and uh, so forth for the kids as well. Right. Yeah, because it is a family-friendly family friendly event. Absolutely. So Very you much make, so. Yeah, and yes. I think that's kind of what we want to show people is that there's a way to get engaged and, you know, to bring everyone together. So right. it sounds exciting, and I'm glad it's Extremely. all. Extremely. Yeah, yeah, and I'm glad it's happening, you know, right before a water fire because I think any time that we can do things where – 
relating from it can be a whole day of yes. activities and the weather just so you know i'm psyched uh-oh, about this no it's supposed to be good okay it's supposed okay. to be really so, nice on saturday okay. and Sunday, right? yeah. especially let's saturday go. for an outside venue yeah ah, so you, you don't have the 92 heat wave that we right. had like a few days ago it's supposed to be i think 84 or something like that oh. and with, then with the heat we could tolerate but i'm not uh no rain please no rain there'll be no rain, <laughs> no rain. and so right. gentlemen um if people want to know more about this, we're going to post it on our Facebook page at Waterfire. Right. It's www.rimbl.net. Go to the website. You can Waterfire. Up, you can go to, yeah, yes. or you can go to the Waterfire <laughs> website and check that out as well. We'll have some information there for you. And don't forget to make it down to Waterfire this weekend. Just so much excitement happening. And, again, our thanks to our friends at National Grid um, and Fidelity Investments. There's just going to be a real lot to see and our clear currents and those fishies on the water. So make sure you get down there early. And thank you for taking the time today to uh, listen to us and talk with me and our friends. And also, just a quick reminder, because we just let the cat out of the bag about two weeks ago, Waterfire has added another date the first Sunday full lighting uh, wow. that we have ever done in my uh, tenure at Waterfire, which has been 12 years. So it's, uh, that's going to be happening on September 4th, Labor Day weekend. Wow. How awesome, awesome nice. is that? Nice. So, gentlemen, I expect to see you at that fire. Oh, absolutely. And I expect to see you at the fire after the basketball games oh, are done right. this Saturday. And we expect to see you. As I'm a judging. judge, you're judging. I'm judging. Yes. Right. Okay. All right, everybody. And hello to Barnaby and Peter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon, and thank you for listening to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island here on AM 790, your station for talk and business.